This morning you might like to turn to the book of Exodus, uh, right at the beginning of the Bible. Uh, Exodus chapter 35, and just reading a few verses from verse 30 uh, into 36. So Exodus chapter 35, uh, reading from verse 30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has given both him and Ohelaab, son of Asishama, the scribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, embroiders in blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and fine linen and weavers, all of them master craftsmen and designers. So Bezalel, Ohailiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary, are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Hoelab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and to do the work. If you've been with us over the... uh, the last few weeks, we had a Sunday off last week because it was a, a big welcome. But we've been uh, we've been uh, embarking on this series, uh, which we've taken from that wonderful song. You know, you were shaped for serving God, and we're thinking about our shape. We're thinking about the way that God has made us, the way that God has shaped us, and we're celebrating the fact that God has made each one of us different. That each one of us has. Uh, different spiritual gifts and abilities and hearts, and that together we can use all our differences to serve God. Of course, not everybody is happy with their shape. You know, if you ask people, are you happy with their shape? Very often people aren't particularly happy. And uh, and we said it isn't a good idea, uh, you know, to compare your shape with somebody else, because either... Uh, you will feel uh, very disappointed and uh, very down or you might start feeling proud because you might feel that God has given you a better shape. So it's not a good idea to compare but we hope that as we go through this series that at the end of it you will be a lot happier with the way in which God has shaped you and that you will be on that process of discovering how you can play your part in serving God in this place. So, uh, we are using this shape. The acronym, of course, is the S, stands for spiritual gifts. The H stands for heart. That's right. The A stands for abilities. That's right. The P stands for personality. You're doing this fantastically. And the E stands for experiences. That's right. And all these things help to shape us and make us the people that we are. And uh, we, uh, we've we looked at spiritual gifts and we said that uh, we started off by describing spiritual gifts, saying what they were. And uh, 
And we came up with this whole list from different places in Paul's writing of the different spiritual gifts. We said this isn't, this isn't an exhaustive list, but these are some of the spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament. And that God has given you at least one of these gifts to use in his service. Everybody who's a Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Some people have more. And uh, so we began by describing, and then we said it's important to discover your spiritual gift. Not every, Some people know what it is, some people don't. And we said there's all sorts of things that we can do to help you discover your spiritual gift. And we said that home groups are a ba- great place to discover your spiritual gifts. And of course, as you discover your spiritual gifts, we then want you to develop your spiritual gifts in the life of the church to use the gifts that God has given you. So, that was spiritual gifts. And then we looked at the heart and we said it's important to listen to your heart. Sometimes our heart speaks to us. Sometimes we feel moved by a certain situation. We feel moved to help or we feel a heart for a certain group of people. And we said, listen to your heart. Listen to what your heart says. Because it could be an indicator in where God wants you to serve. And then we said, follow your heart. Not always a great thing to do, but in this circumstance we were saying, you know, when your heart speaks to you about a particular group of people that you think God wants you to help, follow your heart and serve God in that way. And then we said, serve from your heart. Serve God out of a heart that beats in tune and in line with his will for your life. So that was the heart. And uh, we said it's an important way in, in it's, it's just one of the, the things that God has, 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 has moved us and given us to identify our shape. Now, believe it or not, that was me when I was about, uh, I don't know, seven, eight. And uh, we had that question mark, didn't we? Uh, you know, uh, I've lost it now, but we had a question mark. It's here. You know, what, what am I good at? Well... Uh, when I was younger, uh, one of the things that I was good at uh, was football. I, I was quite good at football. Um, I was better than my brother, who was two years older than me. And boy, did that annoy him and upset him. But I could beat him at most sports. And how? just imagine how irritating would that be, that your younger brother could beat you at sports. It, it did oil him. And obviously I, I, I played it down. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you know what a humble person I am. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I obviously let him win. Uh, but the, the point I'm making is that, you know, some of us are better at some things than others. My brother was much uh, be- better at me uh, at academic things. He won a, a, a free scholarship to Manchester Grammar School, whereas I failed my 11 plus and went to the local comprehensive school. So, you know, my brother was a much better at me than some things, and I was much better at him than other things, because I seemed to lean more towards sports and crafts and arts, and he seemed to lean towards... Uh, more kind of academic things, and he's ended up teaching. He's the head of history in a, a school in, in the northeast because that's the way God has made him. I've ended up a, a Baptist minister, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, but God has shaped each of us. He's given us all different uh, talents and abilities, and it's not that one ability is necessarily better to have than the other. It's just that we are different. And uh, it's okay. It's okay to not be good at some things and to be good at others. But the point is that God uses our shape. God can use our abilities 
in serving him. And believe it or not, some people do actually use the skill of football in serving him. I've got a friend who, whose church has, within their church complex, imagine this, a five-a-side football pitch. And they have a wonderful ministry to the young people uh, in football. And uh, they work with the homeless uh, in football, uh, getting them into a team and, uh, and playing other churches. And so you can use uh, your natural abilities and talents in God's service. As I said, you know, not everybody's great at everything. Not everybody can do this. Uh, but maybe some of you can. I don't know. Uh, but the point is, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. John Wooden, whoever he is, I don't know. It's one of these slogans that people shove up in their office to inspire you. Uh, but the point is, not everybody can do that. Uh, but don't let the fact that you can't do that stop you doing what you can do. There's a, a story told that uh, I, uh, I came across uh, goes back to 1658. Uh, a young Italian boy lived in the town of Cremona. And legend has it that, like his townsfolk, Antonio loved music. Cremona was a town where musical ability was highly valued. But poor Antonio was not a very accomplished musician. When he tried singing, his friends nicknamed him the Squeaky Voice. When he tried to learn the violin, he was all thumbs. About the only thing Antonio could do was to whittle on a block of wood with his knife, carving little objects. One day, Antonio sat whittling by the roadside as three of his very musically talented friends were busking, the air filled with beautiful playing and singing, and one gentleman stopped longer than any others and asked the friends to sing the song again. After they'd finished, he dropped a gold coin into the hand of the singer and then moved down the street. A gold coin was a priceless sum for the street singers. Who was that? asked Antonio. It was Amati, his friends proudly replied. Nicola Amati, the greatest violin maker in all Italy. That planted a thought in young Antonio's mind. The next morning he went to Nicola Amatio's house and waited for the great master to come out. And when Amatio opened the door, Antonio bounded up and told him that he wanted to become a violin maker. I cannot sing and I cannot play, but I can carve. Would Amatio take him on as an apprentice? Amitio agreed and the 11-year-old went to work for him. Years later, Niccolo died and Antonio took over the business. Antonio's full name? Antonio Stradivari. He was quite good at carving. God gives us all different abilities and talents. And uh, God has given you an ability and a talent. And uh, just as we said in our spiritual gifts, uh, you know, it's good to know you're probably more aware of your, your abilities than maybe you are of your spiritual gifts. Just to remind you, because some people get a little bit uh, confused between, you know, what's the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent? Because doesn't God give them both? Because God gives us spiritual gifts and God's made us the people that we are. So God's given the talent. So what's the difference? Well, if you remember when we were talking about spiritual gifts, this was the definition we gave to spiritual gifts. A God-given special, special ability given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit. A spiritual gift is something that you couldn't naturally do 
on your own. An ability or a talent is something that you can naturally do. You know, Christians and non-Christians alike have abilities and skills. We've seen some people that have excelled this morning in their abilities and skills. And the danger is, is to look at the people who are remarkably talented and think... I've not got any abilities or talents that God can use. But the truth is, we're all good at some things. We're all good at some things, and we can all use our gifts and abilities. And many of you do. Many of you do use your natural talents and abilities to serve God. And so, the first thing I want to say is that God gives us all the capability to serve. I'm playing around with words that end in in ability, you may notice. And some of them you may want to question whether they're real words or not, but I'll, I'll allow you to do that. Okay, so God gives us the capability to serve. In the passage that we read, unusual passage, isn't it? You know, uh, not the most exciting passage. Moses has just come down from uh, the mountain, you know, when he came down with that radiant face. And uh, chapters 35, 36 and 37 and, and quite a few more chapters go into quite uh, meticulous detail about the building of the tabernacle. And the Ark of the Covenant and, and all the different uh, instructions that God had given. And as like I said, it's, it's not the most exciting scripture. It's not the sort of thing that you're going to read and think, you know, wow, I'm going to go out and I'm going to build a tabernacle for God. You know, um, but um, I chose this scripture because, uh, well, because of the fact that the word ability kept appearing. Do you notice that... Uh, it says that Moses said to the Israelites, See the Lord's chosen, Bazalel, never heard of him, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he's filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. Here's someone who has skill, ability and knowledge in all sorts of crafts that Moses is saying, God's going to use this person in the building of the tabernacle because he's got the ability the skill to know what to do. He's got a special ability that's going to be used in building the tabernacle. And God gives us all the capability to serve him in building his church. We all have talents. Just turn to the person next to you and without boasting... Just tell them something that you're good at. Just tell them something that you're good at. It doesn't have to be anything fantastic, but you're all good at something. I want you to just think something that you're good at. So just turn to the person and say, you know, I, I can do this. I can do that. I'm quite good. Just tell them. Okay, what sort of things have we got? Just shout out a few things. Shout out for your person who's told you, because they might be embarrassed to tell, to tell us all how wonderful they are. But just, what sort of things did people mention? Turning up. Turning up. He's good at turning up. Yeah, that's great. Don't, sorry? DIY. Our DIY king. Amen. What a great talent. <laughs> Oh, I think you should do that again because some people missed it. A bit of, a bit of humour coming. Let, let's play that again a bit louder. Go on. Ventriloquism. 
can't say it for laughing. <laughs> I should have left it where it was. It was good. He said he couldn't say that. He didn't say that. A ventriloquist. How fantastic is that? But anything else? Being a good friend. Uh, you know, how many of us need a good friend? How many of us need a good friend? Anything else? Anything from over here? Hospitality. Yeah, hospitality. You know, uh, offering people uh, a sanctuary, welcoming people into your home. The Old Testament's huge on hospitality. It was expected when somebody visited a place, when someone was on a journey, it was expected when you arrived into the town that somebody would open up their home and, uh, and feed you. I've just finished reading a, a remarkable book uh, called Walking the Amazon. And, and this guy's walked the whole length of the Amazon River, you know, starting in the mountains of Peru and ending up on, uh, I don't know which ocean it is, the Pacific, the Atlantic, whichever ocean it is that the Amazon eventually goes out to. Uh, the, one of the longest rivers in, in the world. And very often, um, he would run out of food because there was such vast you know, different uh, mileages travel between places, but it would very often just happen on a little village, and the people would welcome him in, and they would give him food. As soon as he arrived, they would say, come in and eat with us. He'd never met the people, he hadn't arranged it, they just offered him that hospitality. It's a great gift, hospitality, yeah. And God gives us all these different capabilities that we can use and should be using in his service. And remember the whole thing is shaped for serving God. These are clues and indicators in how God has shaped us to serve him. We all have a place and a part to play in the life of the church. And our spiritual gifts and our hearts and our abilities are clues into where we should be serving God. You know, sometimes people... Uh, don't think they're very good at anything. Don't think there's anything that they can do. But believe me, when we look at the, the shape that God has designed you, there's a place and a part for you to play. And if you haven't found it, then there's a, a great journey of discovery there for you to go on. So God gives us capability to serve. That's the first thing. Uh, our friend uh, Rick Warren says this, The abilities you have are a strong indication of what God wants you to do with your life. They are clues to knowing God's will for you. God doesn't waste abilities. He matches our calling and our capabilities. He matches our calling and our capabilities. You know, if you're seven foot tall... And you're quite heavy set. You're not probably going to make a very good jockey. Likewise, you know, if you if you're four foot tall, you're probably not going to be great at the high jump or basketball. You know, there's God has designed us in a particular way, and He gives us the capabilities that we need to serve God in the shape and the person that we are, that God has made us. So, God gives us all the capability to serve, whether you know it or not. You have got talents and abilities that can be used in the service of God here in this place. And then secondly, uh, God gives us the teachability to serve. I don't know if this is a word actually. If we're on pointless and you had to come up with words ending in ability, uh, this might get a kind of uh-uh or whatever the noise is, but there we go. Uh, um, it's, it's a word for this morning. It's teachability. God gives us the teachability uh, to serve. And uh, again, in, in Exodus, it says, He has given both him, Ohimelab, and son of uh, Ahishamak, the tribe of Dan, the ability 
to teach others. So we have natural talents that God has given us, but we can also be taught. Uh, and very often we can we can enhance natural talents by training. You know, these, these wonderful people that we saw at the beginning, uh, the reason that they came to excel was first of all that they had a raw natural talent, but secondly that talent was honed and tuned and trained. And all of us are teachable. Some more teachable than others. Sometimes, you know, uh, our pride and stubbornness might get in the way, but all of us are actually teachable. We can all learn things. We can all learn things. We can enhance the natural gifts uh, that God has given us. And we can teach one another. We can help each other to bring out the abilities and talents that God has given us. God gives us the teachability to serve. But, um, Max Lucado, in his book, Cure for the Common Life, he asks the question, can you be anything you want to be? Can you be anything you want to be? He suggests, no, you can't. You can't be anything you want to be, despite what people might tell you. You know, the world's your oyster. You know, you can be anything you want. You can have anything you want. He suggests not. But he says, you can be everything God wants you to be. And again, that comes down to the way that God has shaped us. You will lean towards some things and be better at some things than others. And however hard somebody tries to teach you, uh, you might not be able to excel in DIY. You might not be, you might never be a brilliant footballer. You could train all day. If you haven't got that raw natural talent, you might become better than you were. But some people are just gifted and there doesn't seem to be any fairness, does it? You know, some people can can eat anything and hardly put on any weight. Others of us, we only need to look at a chocolate bar and we put on pounds, don't we? We are made differently. We have different metabolisms. We are different physically. You know, some of us are tall, some of us are small, some of us are, are larger, some of us are smaller. Uh, we are different and we can't actually be anything that we want to be. You know, I used to dream of being a footballer. And sometimes I still dream. <laughs> uh, but the reality is I wasn't good enough. Or oh, nobody spotted me. You decide. <laughs> I'm joking, no. The reality is, you know, you have to be uh, exceptionally good to, to get to be at the top of anything. Uh, but the point is, whilst we can't be anything we want to be, we can be everything that God wants us to be. We can be everything that God wants us to be. I like that. Because, let's face it, in this world we do make judgments about people, don't we? Uh, we look at people that are successful and uh, these people are put on pedestals because they've achieved uh, vast sums of money or great, uh, great heights in, in sporting or business or whatever and we put them on pedestals. And the danger is... That people say, well, that's what I want. And the reality is, most of us will never reach those heights. But you see, actually, um, when we follow Jesus, um, 
We want to be the people that Jesus made us to be. We want to do the things. Moses comes down from, from the mountain, having had this wonderful encounter with God. His face is, is radiant to the extent that, that people can't look at him because uh, the glory of God is shining out of him because he's been in God's presence. And he knows what it is that God wants him to do and the people of, the, of Israel to do. And he goes about telling them. And he says to these people, God's given you this ability, so you do this. God's given you that ability. You get that group of people, and you use your skills and ability to do what God is asking us to do. And as a church, that's what we are interested in. We're interested in doing the things that God wants us to do. God gives us the teachability to serve. We come under the word of God, and we listen to what God has said, and we try to do what Jesus wants us to do. What was it that we read before, you know, when somebody came and asked Jesus, you know, what's the most important thing? Well, Jesus said, you know, I can sum up the law in two things. Love God and love your neighbour. And that's what we're about. We're loving God and we're loving our neighbours. And we can use our shape to love God. And we can use our shape to love our neighbours. God gives us the teachability to serve. So visible and Oheliab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord commanded. Just as the Lord commanded. They were following God's instructions. In this case for building the tabernacle. Well we are to follow God's instructions for building the church. God has given us the instructions that we are to reach out to people, that we are to speak about the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are to go out to all places and make disciples. God's told us what we are to do. And the Israelites followed, in this case, God's commandments for the tabernacle. So God gives us the teachability to serve. The final ability is this question, have we the availability? Have we the availability? Are we available? Uh, You know, one of the most frustrating things in church life is sometimes the most gifted and uh, talented and able people are not available. Maybe through work commitments, maybe through all sorts of things. The question is, are we going to make ourselves available? Again, in, in the passage in Exodus 36 and, and verse 2, it says, Then Moses summoned Bazilel and Ohelia and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and do the work? Who was willing? The question is, you know, are we going to make ourselves available to God? Are we going to use the gifts, the heart, the talents and abilities to serve God. Because you can use your abilities and talents out in the world, and if God has had given you amazing abilities and talents, you can use them and you can, you can make lots of money, you can make lots of friends, you can do all sorts of things. But are we going to make ourselves available to God to serve Him? So, it is about capability. We all have the capability to serve God. Each and every one of us has the capability. Uh, We all have teachability. We can be taught new things. We can enhance the things that we have. Uh, We can help others by instructing and teaching them. But the question is, 
you know, what is our availability like? Are we available to serve God?